Welcome to the Skeleton Garden. There's two of us again today. Woo! Except it is Cassie. And Caitlin. Yay! Woo! <laughs> and this is my cat, Toof Toof. I love this cat, y'all. She will probably be walking towards the camera if you are watching on the video. And if you're not watching on the video and you hear a meow, it's her. Yeah. Not my fat cat. This is my other black cat. It's the other black cat. The other black. I got two black cats. I'm spooky. <laughs> I love it. My mom has a whole pack of four of them. I know. you. They're cats. all black, right? All black. Yep. Yeah. Black Panther, Black Magic, Black Sabbath, and Black Dahlia. I love it. Yep. I love it so much. They do. They're also, and then a one-eyed Tessa, so I mean, that's spooky too. We obviously have our two black kitty cats, and then we've got our black doggy. That probably just got super loud because I, like, moved my head into the mic. <laughs> Hello there. Good morning. America. All right. So, welcome back, guys. We appreciate you listening. Uh, today, I've got a fun one. So I'm a little nervous because you've been talking about how excited you are, and I know if you're excited, that means it's a little bit on the spooky side. I've like, never heard of this story before. I've never heard of this place, like, ever. Um, obviously, the city I have, but, like, it's called Sloss Furnaces. If you are a, like, spooky person, like, that does, like, ghost hunts and whatnot, like, you've probably heard of it because it is, like, in top five, like, most haunted places, supposedly. Um, no, I've never heard of it. Yeah. I see, this is what I love because I love coming into these things blind and just getting scared. <laughs> she just sat up and like blocked me full. Yeah, on. yeah, but she was like, oh, nobody needs this video. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised she's not walking over to the camera to look at her own reflection. It's because she hasn't noticed it yet. Oh, oh, you're so cute. I know. Spess, spess. All right. So, sloss furnaces. Sloss. At first, at first, I thought you said sloth, like sloth, and I was like, you know, I have a pair of socks of sloths, and I almost wore them, but it's I didn't. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, did. I thought you were talking about sloths, and I was like, what's scary about sloths? <laughs> sloss. S L O S S. Sloss. Read it now. Yeah, yeah you can yeah, see yeah, on my paper. Yeah, yeah. My, That's my why notes. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So, Sloss Furnaces was open from 1882 to 1971. That's a long time. Yeah, so not quite like. A hundred years, but you know, a long time. Right. Um, they were super notorious for uh, what? They were mining for ore and uh, smelting smelting ore. They they were making steel, Thank steel you. and <laughs> iron and things like that. Slow moment. I was like, I'm thinking ores is in because you're going fishing. That's why I was like, how do you mine for an ore? That's why I'm a blank and because the fishing. It's not my fault. It's not my oh, fault. Oh god. Oh, boy. <laughs> that look on your face. And seriously, was I was like, like, I feel so dumb right now. I'm like, how do you mine for an ore? No, no, no. So th- it was steel and iron. Uh, Got it. They they did like a lot of uh, moving of the steel beams and things like, well, making of the steel beams so that it could be transported on the trains to be moved all across the U.S., you know, to help, that's to help industrialize America. 
<laughs> There's the logic behind it. Me, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So Sloss Furnaces um, is in Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Um, That's not far. Yeah. The Magic City. Is it? That, yeah, that's what it's called. It's called Magic City. Oh. That's what it's known for. You guys educate me every week about stuff I really didn't know. <laughs> so Sloss Furnaces got its name because of James Withers Sloss. He's the person okay. that came. Um, he started construction in 1881, and on April 18th of 1882, it opened its gates. Oh, wow. So, yeah, very I mean, quickly. Yeah. And this is, like, a big, big operation. It so sounds like, like it. The fact that it was built in, like, a year is, you know, pretty crazy. Especially at that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Technology right? Technology was not what it was now, so that seems, like, pretty quick. They so they ended up redoing a lot of the factory, I believe, in, like, the 20s or 30s. Okay, that makes um, sense. So, clearly it wasn't done well, if it only <laughs> lasted 20 years or less. <laughs> okay, well, when you say considering that, like, it like, only take a year to put up. Considering there's, like, houses that are, you know, over 100 years old. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh, that's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, there's, that, like, yeah. Victorian-era houses. Yeah. Yeah, that are still oh, standing. Um, so, the uh, work of the Sloss Furnaces, it was grueling, is dangerous. Um, they walked on high beams. They crossed over, like, high pits, the towers where the steam comes up, everything like that. That sounds, yeah, dangerous. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Uh, as well as there's lots of issues with, like, carbon monoxide poisoning that oh, would cause people to literally just get really dizzy or lose consciousness and fall to their death. Tragic. Like, I don't even know what the word is for that. I was thinking, like, Marilyn Monroe steam and, like, I was like, oh, I wonder if they get burned from the steam. And then you're like, no, they die from carbon monoxide and <laughs> fall to their death. I'm like, oh, that's way worse. It's <laughs> way worse than I was thinking. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, okay. You'll learn because what we're going to do... Then there will definitely be a lot of people still sitting there. And, yeah. Yeah. So okay. what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the history of uh, Sloss Furnace. A lot of the history is the incidents and then the paranormal activity that's in it. So yeah. the history itself is fairly brief on the building. And you can still go into this place? Like, it, you said it shut down in the 70s, so... So it was shut down in the 70s, and then in... Uh, uh, Sorry, I'm skipping ahead, folks. No, you're fine. 1997, uh, it was taken over by a company called Fright Furnace. Um, essentially, they ran a haunted house out of it, and they would take them on, like, ghost tours and things like that, and it operated in, you know... I don't know if it operated in only in October or if it was, like, September through October. Right. They had something like 20 days. They actually shut this down in 2019 because they went to go renegotiate everything. Um, and the people were like, yeah, you know, you're really disruptive. And, like, you're causing all these issues with, like, school children and all these other functions that are going on in the town. So instead of 23 or 24 days, you have eight days. And this is like a million dollar, yeah, like thing that they put on, and they're like, "How the hell are we gonna make our money back?" In That's what I was just thinking. Eight days, that, that, but then again, if you only have eight days, you can sell tickets higher. It's just. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, but then you can only take on... So he's, they said that they would see anywhere from like forty-five to 50,000 uh, people per day. Whoa! So like you think about forty-five to 50,000 people per day for 23 or 24 days versus yeah. uh, 45 to 50,000 people a day in eight days. Like you're drastically cutting your numbers because you're not going to be able to take on more than that. Like if Fair. you're already operating at that capacity. Yeah. So even charging more for the tickets... You're still not going to recoup what you're going to lose. You would have yeah. you would have to go up like more than double your price to yeah. potentially, and then you're limiting the 
your scope at that point. Yeah, exactly. How like, many people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, we spend, spend this money. Yeah, yeah, like we may have spent, I don't, I don't know, I didn't get to look it up, but like say a ticket was $50. Well, now it's $150. I'd be like, yeah, huh, uh, bye. So we'll go back to <clears throat> sauce furnaces. Um, so they worked like 12 hour shifts. Like I said, they were up on like crosswalks, uh, catwalk, things like that. Yeah. Um, the pay was super minimal. A lot of their employees were immigrants. So unfortunately they weren't getting compensated the best way. Right. They were getting compensated very well considering that they were immigrants and they couldn't legally work and they were working. Right, right. There's a lot still of, not yeah. enough of hazard pay as probably should have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, and honestly, sometimes their pay was like scripts for their company store. So like this company built, eventually built like uh, employee housing because they did have a lot of immigrants. That makes sense. Yeah, which is cool. Um, and then they had an employee store. Well, a lot of the time their pay was only good at the employee store. That'd be awful. Yeah. But I mean, if you're not paying, I mean, it sucks if you got to go to like a doctor or something. But what about like groceries and stuff? Well, I guess that wouldn't have been, a, that's not really a thing back in the 1800s. Well, they, like, they went to their employee store. Their employee store sold oh, medicine and it sold clothes okay. and food and everything See, I'm like that. I'm thinking of like a, an employee store as in like merchandise of like shirts and... No, 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 no. Koozies. No, because they <laughs> because they lived on the, the property, essentially. They had like the yeah, housing and everything. They makes... ha- it was like their grocery store and everything like that. But uh, still like... I swear I'm not this dumb. I promise, y'all. I promise. Oh, boy. <laughs> Have you ever seen um, Series of Unfortunate Events? I read the books. I've never actually watched the movies. So the the series is it's pretty good. Uh, I, I actually nervous. never read the books. I did. Uh, I read them. I was obsessed with them when I was young. Aaron did, but they had a lumber mill in series yeah. of unfortunate events. And at the lumber mill, I don't know how much they talk about it in the book. So that's why I was wondering if you'd seen the show, because in the show, uh, in there they have like a company store. They get paid only in gum, like they get like discounts for like uh, coupons to go to like see the eye doctor who is on their campus and everything like that. Oh, okay. So, then, so yeah. It's, that's it's pretty like much it's yeah. own small community within exactly yeah, okay. so, so that's pretty much what i was thinking about when i saw it that makes sense um so there was a a lot of deaths that took place here obviously the conditions weren't great a lot of them were falling deaths and a lot of times if you fell you were falling into like the molten ore and yeah just being smolted oh my yeah. god yeah uh, yeah it's bad i mean i would hope that the carbon monoxide takes you first like you don't feel it but at the same point in time either way i feel like no matter what it's gonna be pretty instantaneous the minute that you hit that to your i would hope yeah i would hope so too um but besides that uh they were also faced with like disease outbreaks that spread throughout the living quarters because like i said they all lived there they all lived together Um, and actually there's a lot of uh various lawsuits that were filed back then um, in the legal records for workers against Sloss Sheffield. So in, uh, I believe it was 1886, Sloss actually ended up selling. So he was only there for four years. He retired. He sold it to uh, Sheffield Iron, uh, Steel and Iron Company. And they turned it into Sloss Sheffield. Okay, so yeah. they hyphenated it, gave him his credit, but took yeah. over. Yeah, okay, exactly. That makes sense. Um, so a lot of the lawsuits are against the second company that came in, which you'll see that a lot of the stories happened in that time period too. So I would imagine it's a management thing. Yes. 
uh, budget cuts or whatever. Yeah. 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 The the filings detail a variety of injuries, uh, such as like amputations and deaths and things like that that occurred like during working hours. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. And there was like some explosions too in some of the furnaces. And like, I'll tell you about it in like when we get into the incidents, but in another one, like a bunch of people went blind because of this explosion that ended up like six people, I think. That'd be entirely awful. blind. No. I, I say that like I'm not. Like I don't live slightly half deaf, but you know, I couldn't imagine being blind. That's different. All right. So before we get into the incidents, I want to tell you a little story. I love story time. Well, sometimes. <laughs> so in the 1900s, there was this employee, and his name was James Wormwood. Wormwood. They called him Slag. Isn't that like a derogatory term? Ah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I didn't look that up, but they call him Slag. Slag. Um, but he was the supposedly the uh, foreman of the night, the graveyard okay. shift. Oh, the graveyard shift. Yep, they Ooh. had 150 workers on this graveyard shift, which is a small number compared to like their overall like daily employees. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still a lot of people, but right. Yeah. Oh, Toof Toof's back. Oh, hi, big girl. <laughs> Um, so supposedly during his uh, reign of foreman, 47 deaths had occurred. And how long was he as foreman? Well, we'll get to this. Oh, my fault, my fault. I always <laughs> jump ahead. You know me. I'm like, I need all the details. <laughs> so 47 deaths, uh, some explosions. Uh, we're only like a handful of them. Uh, they actually say that a lot of them was from him cutting a lot of corners and not allowing them breaks with it being, you know, the graveyard shift, people being overtired, falling right. in. From cutting corners and trying to ramp up production because he was trying to impress his superiors. Absolutely. I, I'm assuming wanted a better position because nobody wants to be stuck on night shift forever. Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so in 1906, Slag was up on one of the top of the nurses. Okay. And lost his footing. No. Yeah. He plummeted into the molten ore and oh my pretty gosh. much died instantaneously. That'd be awful. Because like, you know that... Um, because you know, I'm not laughing at this. This is just not, it's just this, it's stupid. I mean, that would be awful because you would also know like you're falling to your death. Like at least with carbon monoxide, you passed out. Mm-hmm. But to, to know like that's it. Oh, that'd be awful. Mm-mm. So the story goes that on the paper, uh, the methane gas was what was to be blamed for it. It caused dizziness and he lost his footing and that was what, that's oh, okay. what caused him to slip and fall. But slag was never known for stepping foot up on the furnaces. He pushed his employees to do it and... So then how did... Oh. So there's a rumor that maybe Slag wasn't up there on his own accord. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, and rather was forced up there by his workers that were tired of his bullshit, pretty much. I mean, I, I, I get that. So yeah, did the workers finally have enough and push him to his death? Jeez, that's even worse. Me, I'm over here like, oh, he just lost his footing, that'd be awful. Nope. 
You go up there knowing you're going to die. That's even, oh, that'd be awful. So Fright Furnaces, uh, which is the company that operated from uh, 1997 to 2019 that ran like the scare tours and things like that. They would tell you the story of Slag and they would let you know that he can often be heard as a disembodied voice uh, yelling at people to get back to work. Whoa. That, That would freak me out. And he's also been known to touch you oh, and push mm-hmm. you. People have been, people have reported bruises and pretty much being pushed like they're about to fall. Oh my goodness. No. So maybe reliving his final moments. Yeah. Yeah. Taking revenge on the workers that yeah. pushed him in. Can you imagine board. being like, no, stay there. So I will say. I don't the, even know. The I, story could, of Slag. You probably haunted them. I would. If you killed me, I'm coming back to haunt you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm-mm. So the story of slag on all accounts is made up. No. Yes. The story of slag is loosely based off of a true story. But when I say loosely, I mean like that Maybe is a name. loose tie in itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe uh, the name. <laughs> Fright Furnaces kind of came up with the story of slag and it was based off of a different incident that actually happened at a nearby company, not even the- The same company? Yes, oh. but supposedly after it happened in the company that it did happen at, shut down and the ghost transported over to oh. Sloss Furnaces. Um, so well there's probably other ghosts there too he wanted to go to make friends yeah exactly so that is on September 9th 1887 Richard Jowers Jowers was working at furnace number one standing near the top of the furnace he slipped and he and the heavy bell he had been preparing to melt tumbled into the molten steel below there was nothing anybody could do to help and they stood helplessly as Jowers was incinerated it is rumored they were able to remove his head and several bones before his remains were lost completely this is the loose basis for James Slag Wormwood oh golly that'd be awful it, that would yeah, be horrible. Absolutely miserable. To see, like, your friend and knowing that there's nothing that you can do, that'd be awful. That's what Sloss Furnaces is truthfully known for. If anybody's ever been to Sloss Furnaces, you've probably heard that story. Whether they told you that it was a made-up story or not, I'm not sure. I don't right. know if that was part of the tour. I would imagine probably not because no. that's what they're basing all exactly. of your... Yeah, your paranormal they want things. Your money. But, they want you Yeah, money. exactly. Just- but there is no such thing as James slag wormwood he did not exist interesting yes by all accounts that i have searched i should say and Mm -hmm. i did find a bunch of articles where they said that they made it up so there you go yeah yeah We'll so see. I think at that point, you, you kind of definitely, there may be someone eventually existence and from, you know, from then on, but yeah, not for this purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one of the most ghastly deaths that befell a worker was, he was, yeah, ghastly. Ghastly. Uh, he was sitting on his lunch break near one of the large flywheels that was used to power the huge scalding boilers. Can you imagine what happened? I can only imagine. He leaned a little too close. The wheel caught his clothing, and he was slowly dragged into the gears. Yeah. Witnesses at the time shuddered. Each time the wheel went around, there was a little bit less of their friend. Oh, jeez. Yeah. By far one of the absolute worst ones. Yeah, that's just... In general, I I think I would question, like, why am I working here? (laughs) 
I think well, I would start questioning it. Well, like I said, a lot of them were immigrants, so they didn't have a, they didn't have oh, another choice. That's a good point. Yeah, un- unfortunately, that's how companies got away with doing stuff like this. I mean, they still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they still exactly. Do. It's still an issue. So in November 1882, two laborers by the name of Alec King and Bob May were tasked with removing ore and coke that had burned uh, to the brick walls of the number one furnace. Okay. Um, so now this is part of the furnace that... The one guy passed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was part of the old company. Oh, okay. I wish I could remember what that company was. I should have written it down, but... I'm, I was never a good note taker in high school. I just kind of wing it. So that's, that's what you guys get. <laughs> um, the two men were lowered into the interior of the furnace and began to dislodge the material, which fell into the materials uh, in the hearth that were still smoldering. The resulting smoke and gas quickly overcame the men, and they ended up falling to their deaths. So that was one of the cases of the, the methane and everything wow. like that that caused it. Yep. I don't even know. I don't even know what I would do. Well, it gets worse. Oh. So the same week. I mean, why am I surprised? Why am I surprised? Yeah. The same week, Samuel Cunningham uh, committed suicide at Alice Number One by ascending the hoist to the top of the stack and diving into the furnace. Uh, yeah. I don't even. I don't even know. That would be wild. Yep. That's a wild way to go. Like of all the things I mean, you could do. It's probably quick. Terrifying, but quick. Yeah. Um. So in but 18- then there's no going back. Well, I mean, a lot of time with suicide, there's no going back. Well, true, so. but like there's really no going back. In 1888, there was an explosion that I was telling you about that left six people permanently blind. blind. Oh. They were part of the lawsuits that took place. I would hope so. Yeah. We actually, we covered on last week's episode when it was Marissa and I about lawyers in the 1800s and... Uh, they didn't go to like lawyer school or anything I like wondered. that. You know, I was wondering like how these lawsuits came about, but I was just like, yeah, you know. I find it funny that like two weeks in a row that we have a story where it talks about like the lawyers and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't go to law- they didn't go to law school. There was only like two or three law schools in like the entire United States back in the 1800s. Uh, it was like an apprenticeship type thing. So you literally were either born into it and cho- or chose to do it. And then you were an apprentice under somebody else until they died. And then you took over their practice pretty much. Sure. Sounds good. Credentials. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I read the book. Fell in the count. Like, oh. yep. So February 4th, 1892, Sloss Furnaces immediate, immediately took the lives of two men and injured several more, possibly critically, according to a report. A new part of the factory was being erected uh, when the scaffold... <laughs> are you laughing about it? Yeah. Erected. <laughs> Sorry, I'm such a, I'm a teenage boy at heart. I'm sorry, you said it and I was like, don't laugh. You can help it. I saw it in your face immediately too. Um, so they're erecting the, the, I can't even know. Don't make eye contact. It's worse. Anyways, they were making it and the scaffold inside uh, the stove collapsed and dumped the eight men 58 feet to the bottom. Both John Statton and John Ritchie died immediately. Well, Will... While Will Harvey, P.J. Trammell, Job Wade, Jerry Moore, Henry Cutts, and Frank Wilcox were all injured. Um, so the article that I read uh, said outside of Moore, the other five men were pretty seriously injured. Um, and then there wasn't, like, any more reports on them. So I'm not sure. Again, you know, it's like the 1800s. So yeah, the historians yeah, aren't records exactly aren't the greatest. Yeah. yeah, so uh, we don't know the other five. Like, Moore, he was the one that, like, for sure was fine probably fell on the other guys honestly dog pile in yeah. the worst way but the the other five uh there's actually no mention on whether they ended wow. up surviving their injuries dying in the hospital or anything like that i have no idea i tried looking it up but yeah could not find anything 
Good gravy. One of the more intriguing accounts appeared five years later in the New York Times with the headline, Dead in a Furnace Tank. That'll get your eyes real fast. So the article talks about the discovery of a body in 1897. Uh, It was a white man, and he was in a large open water tank, and he was found by a young boy. Yeah, I always feel bad when, again, that was what happened in last week's episode, too, was like the little neighborhood boy uh, ended up finding the the dead person. Spoiler alert, because I know you haven't, like, listened to it. No, I haven't heard it yet, no. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what happened there. Um... The article graphically states, and this is quoted, the body was cooked and the flesh fell off in chunks as it was drawn from the vat. And this poor kid had the to see this? The poor kid found this, yep. Um, so the man was later identified as Joseph F. Webb, uh, who was a painter for the local Southern Railway shops in the city. Uh, he'd been last seen at the bar the previous night and stated he was heading home. However, the furnace was reportedly somewhat out of his way, which led some of his friends to believe that either it was foul play or yeah, for suicide. Sure. I was going to say suspicious for sure. Yeah, I, I lean more towards foul play. Um, yeah. There's like a few stories that we'll cover uh, moving forward where it's people that are at bars and well, that's the last place that they're seen. And then all of a sudden their ghost starts haunting the place. So... I got a couple of those. I did I'm not think that was going to be as prevalent as, like, prevalent of a topic as it actually is. Like, there's yeah. a lot of cases where people go missing at bars. I'm not surprised. I mean, when you think about it, like, serial killers are pretty profound in finding those random people as in bars. But a lot of them are, like, in more recent years, like, in the 2000s when there's videos and stuff. And there, there's videos of them going in and then, like, videos of them never leaving. It's like the Elisa oh, Lamb okay, case. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, I don't know that story. Okay, well, we'll cover that one, too. But, like, talking about the whole, like, I've heard of people going in, but they're, like, and that's it. Like, we, we, there's no more footage of them. Like, they're gone. Yep. Yeah. So, there's there's a couple cases that we're going to uh, uh, cover that are like that. Ooh. So, one of the last incidents that's accounted for is uh, some fatalities that surround the blower room number one. Um, A rupture in the machine was said to have released scalding steam that instantly killed two unnamed men. So That's awful. Like, I just, I can't even fathom being in those working conditions, let alone, like, knowing, like, there's nothing that you can do to improve them. You can't leave. Like, this is it. Like, this is your life, and you just hope that you go home to your family. Yeah. I mean... At that point, though, do you even really start a family if you know that this is your working conditions? Well, I would imagine that a lot of them probably already had families because they immigrated here with their families. And this is the work that they can get. And in a time period where women weren't working. That's a really good point. Yeah. um, I think I forget that women didn't work for a while because, like, I just can't imagine not working. (laughs) Yeah. I I just can't. Like, I'd be bored. Yeah, I have to agree there. I only have one kid, so it's not like I have a a, a slew. He's fairly easy. I have two kids, and I still can't, like, imagine not working. Like, as much as I would love it, like... Right. It is one of those, like, weird, unfathomable concepts. Because, like, our our society's not structured like that anymore. Absolutely not. It's it's not practical. Yeah. Um, So, we'll go into, like, the paranormal activity that's been reported. It's because it's pretty good. There's been a lot of, like, TV places, uh, TV places, TV shows (laughs) and uh, news articles and things like that that are written on this uh, that have documented it as, like, really high paranormal activity, like, very haunted places. Um, Zach Baggins with Ghost Adventures did, like, an entire episode there, and it was, like, really intense. Um, And I have, like, a few snippets from 
some of the things that people have reported, like the other yeah. TV shows. Well, I'm things sure like it that. would feel eerie no matter what, because even if it's not necessarily about the ghost, but just like the history of of it in general, all the deaths, whether or not the ghosts are there still, but it's still just got to be super eerie when you think about their working conditions, when you think about the lack of anybody speaking up for them and not cutting corners and like OSHA and all the crap that didn't exist then. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that would probably still be super freaky. Yeah, probably, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, the Birmingham police have over 100 reports of paranormal activity. Well. From this place since it, sh- since it shut down. Whoa. Yeah. <sighs> oh, boy. Okay, so what kind of reports? All right. Um, Buckling in. <laughs> so, there's so much reported when it comes to false furnaces. Um, it's hailed as a landmark that still echoes of its past. That seems like an understatement. Well, people have seen apparitions. Uh, Many people, including paranormal investigators, can hear uh, screams. They hear whistles blowing by themselves. No, that freaked me out. I that the whistles. I feel I think like the freak, whistles would, would be freak freakier than the screams yes. because, like, the screams. I could probably convince myself that it's like somebody playing a joke or something, but a right. whistle. It's just like, and like, because you can tell where it's gonna come from. And it's like, yeah, that was over my shoulder, and nothing's Nothing there. there. <gasps> yeah. Excuse me while I try not to crap my pants. <laughs> so, I told you the story about uh, slag. Yes. Um. So, since the early 1900s, pretty much since it's been in operation, but especially since the early 1900s, a lot of workers have reported, like, a very unnatural presence in general. I I would imagine. Yeah. I I mean, mean, I don't know if this was, like, a structure prior to uh, Sloss Furnaces that maybe that's how it was able to go up, like, a year in a year. Like, maybe there was pre-existing structure. Um, Oh, that just gave me, like, a little bit of goosebumps because you're just like, yeah, what was there before? Yeah, exactly. Like, what was the land? used is it like you know burial grounds or something like that like you you never know um but yeah so the workers commonly complained of unnatural presence throughout their work sites in 1926 a night watchman sustained injuries from being pushed from behind and heard a deep voice saying get back to work now this this story this account right here is part of slag okay uh this is how like i said he is a made-up story that's loosely based off of right. Mr. Jowers. Um, but but this guy this, did feel him. This guy will... Feel him or yeah, somebody. Yeah, him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Felt something. Um, so he started searching around and nobody was there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I go searching. I just like, <laughs> okay, bye. Well, so this was a night watchman, so this, they weren't even running like a crew, so there shouldn't have been anybody there to begin with. Fair. It's just like their security pretty much is like what it was supposed to be. And on that note, I'm going to go back to my station. Thank you for your time. So it gets creepier. Oh, no. So in 1947, uh, three supervisors turned up missing. They were found unconscious and locked in a small boiler room in the southeastern part of the plant. None of the men could explain what had happened to them. The only thing they all agreed on was they were approached by a man whose skin seemed badly burned and who angrily shouted at them to push some steel. Jeez. Oh, peeps. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a believer of ghosts for sure. I don't know what I would do... If, like, three of us were hanging out for, for whatever reason in one of these places, and then all of a sudden we woke up, something strange, and be like, yeah, I saw it, you saw it, she saw it, 
and we all had the same account, but that's unexplainable. I don't know. I think I, I, you'd probably commit yourself to the loony bin. I would. I'd be like, listen, I'm I'm hallucinating. Apparently. Marissa would Marissa would never talk about it again. You'd yeah. commit yourself to the loony bin, and I would go and tell everybody, and people would probably deem me as one of those crazy UFO She'd people. She'd be like, hey, look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be going to all the news reporters. I'd be like, yo. We you don't know it. what it happened. Was here. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, we'd have to take lie detector tests. Like it'd be this whole thing. Like, no, we're serious. Like, oh yeah, that that'd be really freaky. <laughs> so one of the most notorious and terrifying stories. Oh, I thought we'd already hit some terrifying ones. Oh crap! <laughs> happened in 1971. Okay. It was the last night that the plant was going to be open. Yep. Uh, the night watchman. Uh, name is Samuel Blumenthal, uh, found himself facing the most frightening thing he had ever seen. He described it as evil and a half man, half demon who tried to push him up the stairs. When he refused, the monster began to beat him with his fists. Blumenthal was examined by Dr. Jack Barlow and was found covered in intense burns. (laughs) What? Yeah. So some of the other uh, reports are steam whistles blowing by themselves, apparition sightings, and then obviously the rare but documented physical assault. Physical assault. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting to note that a lot of these uh, instances happen like in the fall time, so September, October. Um, So a lot of people do chalk it up to, you know, teenagers playing into the the rumors the, and things like that but there's the, there's the still again of it all yeah there's yeah. only so much you can do to convince somebody that there's a ghost attacking them attacking them um i'm not gonna lie if i got some burns i'm convinced you got me if something touches me i'm convinced I, I don't i don't i don't need to i don't need more than that i'm a very simple person in that aspect minimal things are all i need so for future ghosts that we ever encounter i don't need much i believe it's all good we don't we don't gotta hurt me that bad <laughs> so i i should note because it will come up later uh but blue menthol ended up did die dying the guy that sustained the burns he ended up dying from the burns or just from i believe complications i believe it i might cover it i don't remember if i do or not i believe it was due to like the attack. I believe when he is being examined, he is no longer alive. It is like a coroner, Whoa. yeah, examination. Like his body was found. Yeah. Mm. Um, so in the year 2000, Sloss was studied once again by the paranormal team of Fox's Scariest Places, who concluded that it was one of the highest rates of unnatural energy that they had ever encountered. Okay. And so like. In like three years, we can go to this place where I can put on my big girl panties and, and actually make myself go there. I don't think it'll be beforehand, though. In early 2002, a skeptical investigative team from CBS affiliate WJTV investigated the site. They left frazzled and convinced that Sloss was haunted, uh, capturing amazing footage that can be seen on their site. So if you go to uh, FrightFurnaces.com, which is the people that ran the tour, right? Um, they actually have all of these accounts as well, um, where like who came and investigated and what they saw. They have videos, they have pictures, they have a whole bunch of other stuff that's up on the website. It's really cool. And there's you like there's YouTube videos of investigators that have gone and like they're down in like the eerie tunnels and you can see ghosts. Yeah. Uh, why would you not believe at that point? Like for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Note, I believe. I- all I need to do is hear it. I don't need to go and see all this. I don't even need to Google any of it. I truly believe. I'm like, all right, cool. I get it. I don't know. I think that's just 
Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah. In, in addition, another investigation was held in 2003 by the Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research, who quoted that there's no doubt Sloss is a hotspot for paranormal activity. During our investigations, we pulled data that confirms through our scientific methods and approach that energies are present that cannot be explained. Sloss is one of the most paranormally active places our team has ever investigated. Cool beans. It's, it, it is pretty there's, cool. There's a lot of like there's a lot of reputable businesses yeah. and companies and names out there that are investigating this that are like, yeah, no, like, like this, this is legit. Sh- this shit's creepy. Like, yeah, yeah. And then that's where me, I'm like, all right, cool, I believe it. So like, this is like a 15 year bucket list now. Like, I mean, instead of three, maybe we'll push it out a little longer. <laughs> so I believe on, on October 4th of 2003. Again, note October. Well, these always happen in September and October. Okay, you know, maybe we can go in February. I think I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> On October 4th of 2003, another assault happened to one of the crew members. Uh, Josh Thomas, who had worked at Sloss for many years, suddenly caught fire. <laughs> yeah, caught fire after seeing a strange shape. He suffered burns up and down his body and was taken to the hospital. He still cannot recall what happened. Strangely enough, this was almost on the exact 32nd anniversary of Samuel Blumenthal Burns' attack, the Night Watchman from 1971. Yeah, February. We can go then. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like creepy stuff, but like the potential of being burned, like right. I'm I'm not about that. No. I would like one to make it fears. home to my family. Thank yep. you. Yeah, no. So in two thousand five, two psychic investigators from the TV show Airline investigated Sloss Furnaces. In the middle of the taping, one of them began to spontaneously bleed from a cut that appeared in his right hand, halting the investigation. That might put a damper on things, huh? Yep. But not before the camera crew caught images of some apparitions. Oh Jesus! I think yeah. that the random wound would be enough for me. Like, yeah. Okay. You know what? This was not well, here. So if you saw the place, like I go to work and like I cut myself on random things all the time. Like I, I was with yeah, you that yeah. one day and I was like, oh look, I sliced the tip of my finger off. Like how about that? Yeah. Like and, and I didn't even feel it because like I'm just touching stuff all the time. All the time. Yeah. Um, so like. If you see, like, the pictures of this place, which we'll post them on the Instagram like we always do, uh, there's a lot going on that I could see, like, if you're down in, like, the tunnels or something and you, like, touch Touch a wall, like, you might cut yourself. For sure. Again, I'm I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. I play devil's advocate on both, like, that ghosts are real and aren't real. No, I believe it. No, that's it. There's no devil's advocate. It's real. I believe it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Uh, in 2009, the Unexplained Mystery Investigation Team investigated Sloss and were shocked to capture spiritual shadows on film. Why is everybody shocked? Like, there's all these previous accounts. Why is everybody, each time they go in, just absolutely surprised? Like, that's what I don't get. No, I didn't think that was going to happen. Right. Because right. it hasn't happened six times before. <laughs> so, in 2012, the team from Ghost Adventures visited and were physically assaulted. Again, this is all caught on camera. My point. I rest my case. <laughs> so I've only read the synopsis from uh, that investigation. That is something that I actually would love to go and watch that specific episode. Um, but from what a lot of the like synopsises that I read, mm-hmm. synopsis, synopses, girl, <laughs> I uh, from a lot of the ones that I read, uh, the physical assaults were like bruising and scratching. Okay. So no Again, burning, no no spontaneous combustion. Not. You start burning, I'm definitely going to just wait in the car for y'all. <laughs> That's just my... No, I'm good. 
So in 2014, TAPS, or Ghost Hunters, visited Sloss Furnace and filmed absolutely phenomenal footage proving that there is definitive spiritual activity at Sloss and have since returned to capture even more evidence. Okay, so now we have enough people going that are like, yeah, we know for a fact we're not just here. That's good at least. So it's a landmark now, uh, which I do believe would be taken care of by the city, if I'm correct. Um, and like I said, the city... Can you imagine getting a job as a city worker and then being like, oh, by the way, you're on Sloss Furnaces. <laughs> gotta go. Dip out. Like, uh-uh, that's not what I signed up to work for the city for. I mean, they gotta have somebody that goes and patrols the property to make sure nobody's on it, right? Uh, it wouldn't be me. I'd be yeah. like, nah, never mind. I'll be a yeah. garbage It man. has to be run by the city because the city was the one that told Fright Furnaces that they oh, could only have right. eight they days because down. it was disrupting the, yeah. the rest of the city, essentially. Um, Which I could also understand. Traffic and yeah. screams and... In the middle of like a... I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm all for the experiences, <laughs> so I would be kind of pissed off, but... I, see I guess I yeah I guess aspect. I can kind of understand. And so how big is the town that it's in? Is it, It's Birmingham. Like, oh, duh, you said this. Yeah, uh, massive it, city. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, you would disrupt some big city like that, though, even still. The traffic, the crowd that it would bring in. Who knows if your hospitals are able to... Yeah. on all of this. I see that being a factor. That's it, though. Yeah. So those are the stories of what happened at Slush Furnaces and the people that have investigated it. And like I said, there's a number of, like, places that have investigated. This is barely touching the surface on how many places investigated it. I just knew that I needed to be able to keep this episode under an hour. Oh, touche. <laughs> so, so, so I picked the most notorious ones that had, like, the most yeah. information. Fun fact, one of the original people that went and investigated this uh, to conclude if there was sp- uh, supernatural activity um, was based out of Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, hey. Go figure. Yeah. Florida. Florida. Woo. <laughs> Um, so Sloss is currently the only 20th century blast furnace in the U.S. being preserved and interpreted as a historical wow. industrial site. That's really cool, though. Yeah, well, so the... Like hold that title. It's because of the dramatic scale and complexity of the plant's industrial structure, the machines, and its tools makes the Sloss collection a unique contribution. Absolutely. Uh, to the interpretation of the 20th century iron-making technology and its uh, present remarkable perspective on the era when America grew to to world industrial dominance. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's their words. For sure. Um, well, at the same time, too, though, uh, it's like an important reminder of, you know, the hopes and the struggles of the people that pretty much helped build up Birmingham yeah. to make it the magic city. Absolutely. So I mean, that's why it's being preserved. Between all the lives and everything and, and how long it was open and how many different incidences came out of that on top of it that is still feeling the effects today that i think is in itself just something you need to preserve because that's history i mean you repeat history if you don't know it so for sure oh yeah so james sloss uh the guy that obviously came up with he was one of the railroading kings pretty much okay he made his like money doing like the railroads and everything along those lines. Um, and that's actually why he came down to Birmingham is there really wasn't anything going on. Um, so he wanted to build up the city so that he could export the steel and iron products through the railways through the rest of America. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it made it well enough. He retired after four years of owning this company. Yeah, so. no joke. Well, and you also think Alabama doesn't really have 
seasons like up north. So yeah, you could technically have people working all year round. So to go down, you know, south, when you think about it from a business standpoint, you can have people working while you can't really have them in the furnaces in the snow, right? Yeah, you can. <laughs> I give up. You, you definitely can. I was <laughs> thinking about like, you know, the As longevity. somebody who grew up in upstate New York, it doesn't matter yeah, what, no, your, what do your job is. It doesn't matter if there's 15 feet of snow, like you still got to go to your job. Same. But I, when I lived in Pennsylvania, if there was 15 feet of snow, which I don't think we ever did, it was a snow day. So, and I was, <laughs> I was a child. So that was. School might shut down, but most of the jobs didn't. I can remember my parents calling off many days. Because school got canceled. I don't remember that. I don't remember having a whole lot of snow days, though. Oh, they're not common. <coughs> yeah. I, that now that I think pipe. about it. And if I did, if we did have a snow day, I was, I went over to a friend of mine's house. Yep. No, snow days aren't common. They like no. to, they're like hurricane days. You get allotted <laughs> like three or four per the year yeah. and that's it. And like, that's if you it. go over, you're making it up in summertime. Absolutely. And for whatever reason, they decided to make you like make it up and like double. So like you miss one day, you have to make up two. Somehow it works out that way. And they've actually now stopped doing it where it goes into summer because they can't afford to keep the AC that low. So now they're dipping into Christmas and... Thanksgiving weeks. So is what personally my understanding. <laughs> personally, uh, from what I've learned uh, and what they send home in, I mean, your son goes to private school, so it's different. Yeah. But in public school, what they've sent home for like coal is on uh, snow day. I'm uh, not snow days. Um, hurricane days. If we have days that are going to be used as hurricane days, we have the allotted like two or three or whatever it is that they give right. you per year. Um, but they also have predetermined uh teacher work days where students have off and it's a teacher planner day yeah um that they are using as fill-in days days. essentially yeah all right that makes sense that's nice yeah Yeah, i don't think his school's ever sent me home like oh well your guys' school's tiny too so that's probably part of it it's very small but but yeah so that is the story of sloss furnaces and how it is in the top five most haunted places in america and that's in our bottom five places we're going to visit (laughs) that is within driving distance that will probably make it there before we make it to some of the other places on our list so i'll I'll need to pack some like anti-anxiety meds a couple beers i don't know that alcohol is a must absolutely (laughs) oh no that'd be rough I'd, i'd be scared i'd have to wear like multiple layers of underwear because I'd probably end up peeing and crapping myself. Like, literally, I don't know. No, it's a self-pack a backpack for Caitlin with multiple outfits in it. No, my Because we don't want to smell her. No, it's not a purse. It's a backpack. What's in it? It looks really full. Mm-hmm. No worries. Don't worry about that. <laughs> they're going to pat you down for weapons and they're going to find six pairs of underwear. <laughs> and four trash bags. And be like, are you all right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just fine. Thank you. I'm prepared. Thank you. Unlike everybody else who's come here. At Sloss Furnaces, uh, we are going to potentially release one or two more episodes this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to do another After Hours uh, Ghost Stories, like what Marissa and I did last week. I'd love that. Uh, so we're going to do that one. Um, and then... Caitlin will be over at my house later on this week or this weekend. Uh, Marissa's out of town. Well, she's not technically out of town yet, but she has to work leading up to her going out of town. She's going out of town on Thursday, and she's going to be gone for a week um, or almost a week. I think she comes home Tuesday. I... Yeah, don't think I read that. She she told me she comes home Tuesday of next week. Um, 
So you and I will do the after hours ghost story, and okay. then we might do one more episode this weekend Heck when yeah. the boys are together. Might as well. Yeah, I mean, um, truly. And then we're also going to. If you don't follow our Instagram, go follow our Instagram. It's at the Skeleton Garden Podcast. We are trying to build up our following um, and get some more subscribers so that we can give you guys, you know, more and better content, essentially. Um, We did get a second mic, but we are struggling to get it set up today. So I said, screw it. And this is where we're at. We're still on one mic. But... We have it. Next week. Next week, we should have it set up properly so that there isn't this issue of softer voices. I'm hoping right. today is a lot better because we're sitting right next, right to, next each to each other. Right next to each other, yeah, for so sure. So it should be picking up both of our voices pretty equally, except I talk louder. <laughs> I've been trying. I know, it's it's definitely, I'm not used to it because... But so yeah. if you don't follow our Instagram, go follow it because we are doing a giveaway for our followers so Absolutely. that we can build our following. Um, so you will see a video later on this week where we do a little quick unboxing of what our giveaway present is going to be. And we have multiples of them if we get enough people to do it. Yes. If we don't get enough people to do it, we have one. If we get enough people to do it, I will give away 30. I mean, right. I don't Truly. care. They're fantastic. I love them. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm they're, they're going to be good. I'm yeah. I'm pumped. You don't even know what's in them yet. Which is I've heard this... some of the things yeah. based but, on the group text, but yeah. But this is why it's going to be so great is because like we're going to do it on camera so that you guys can potentially see, but also you're going to see Caitlin's reaction because she doesn't know what it is and nope. she doesn't know what they look like or anything. So That's my job around here. I'm kind of the one that just uh, is along for the ride and I love it because this stuff is... It's fun to me. I've never really been personally like uber spooky by any means, but I've also never been like a somehow you made like best friends non. with like the spooky girl. And I love it. And <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm totally ca- I'm down for it. So <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be fun. Yay! All right, guys. We'll All right, guys. See you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye.